name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Welcome to this, oh, sorry, this week's training. Get myself more even here, if I can. Now I'm getting myself even more weird. Um, welcome to this week's training, and I want to talk about the science of eye contact today because it can be hard for people, especially introverts, but even people that are extroverted, too much eye contact can make us uncomfortable. So first, I want to introduce myself. For those of you that are new, my name is Sherry Wilson. I'm an educator, strategist, and hiring expert, and an introverted entrepreneur. Hi, Adelina and uh, Carrie. Good to see you guys. And uh, I want to um, focus in on this topic of eye contact today because what I discovered in my research, which surprised me, is that the eye contact is the most important part of nonverbal communication, and I did not know that in all of my research until probably about three weeks ago. So again, for introverts, it can be tough to have good eye contact. Also, culture can impact, like the Asian cultures, too much eye contact is considered rude, so it's really hard for them to do a lot. But also, even extroverts can struggle with good eye contact. So I want to get into some of the science, um, and I want to get into uh, some practical how you can improve this area. It's one of those tricky and really weird things because if you give too much, it can uh, make the person you're talking to feel unsafe and become aggressive. If you give too little, then people think you're shifty. So you don't want to be shifty. And you don't want to be creepy. So I'm going to give you some information here that will help you. Now, this was very interesting. There's a UK organization called Right to Remain. And they help refugees fill out their applications, um, you know, to claim refugee status. And what they have found is that a lot of them are refused for status because of too little eye contact during the interview process. Now, people should know that people that are escaping a country for their lives or those that are maybe not part of our culture, that they're not going to give as much eye contact. But their brain is telling them, don't let this person in. They're not safe. Or don't let this person in. They're hiding something. Don't let this person in because they won't look you in the eye. I mean, it's just such an instinctual thing, especially in Western culture. But even the way the brain is made. It is a very important thing. So um, people will naturally think that you're being dishonest or outright lying if you don't look them in the eye, at least part of the conversation. And then on top of that, so on top of, you know, it's just weird and people need it, but it's weird anyway, you have the whole awkwardness of the thing, but then you also have people that suffer from things like PTSD, autism, social anxiety, even shyness, where eye contact is just tough. In my own personal experience, it is tough for me too. Um, now, when I'm in my element conducting business, I can give eye contact in appropriate amounts because I know how much I'm supposed to give. 
Uh, I am a very straightforward person, so I have no problem giving eye contact. But when it comes to situations where I don't expect it, or I feel like I have to give some, like in a hallway or an aisle at the store, and you see someone you know, or you see someone you don't know, then it's like, do I look at them? Do I not look at them? What do I do? So it can just be weird no matter who you are. Now, eye contact is a very intimate thing. Even the Bible says that your eyes are the window into your soul. So people that are hiding things, a lot of times they will not look you in the eyes. So there is some validity to that uh, assumption. But it is, again, one of the most important nonverbal um, communication forms. Looking someone in the eye is the key to connecting with them professionally, personally, and even romantically, both on a conscious level as well as a subconscious level. They've also discovered that eye contact improves learning. So when you're conducting presentations or trainings, you want to uh, use eye contact and even look at you know people in the audience and make eye contact with them, even if it's uncomfortable, because they will take that what you're saying is very important for them personally, and they will pay more attention. James B. Otteson conducted a study in 1980 of young students and their teachers, and they found that students or teachers that made eye contact with their students during lectures were able to recall the verbal material better after class. In another review, they found that uh, eye contact affects our behavior and thinking skills and that direct gaze makes the other person feel that what you're telling them is important. It also, interestingly, boosts memory and improves social interaction, but only if it's wanted. So if you continue to stare down somebody and they're looking away and sending you very clear nonverbal cues, stop looking at me, then they're going to be distracted by that and they're not going to hear or recall what you're saying. On the other side of contact though, eye contact, is it can heighten um, perceived threat and then aggression if it's too much or, and this is interesting, if you use it when you're confronting or challenging somebody which I think is sometimes what we tend to do is we'll look somebody in the eye even more when we're challenging them, but their brain is going to take it as an aggressive act and they will either shut down or um, it will uh, cause them to become aggressive toward you. And that's interesting because I found that whenever I'm confronting or challenging someone, I actually lessen my eye, eye contact. And I always felt bad thinking, man, they must think I'm weak or something or that I'm not serious or that I'm not being honest and come to find out I was actually doing the right thing instinctually. Now, if you hear ridiculous noise, once again, I wanna tell you it's my cat and you probably already saw him jump up behind me. He's a little hyper today, my apologies. Now, Adelina has something here, let's see. When we travel to Israel, it's critical to give enough eye contact getting through customs that they pass you quickly. However, too much appears that you are challenging, so off to the other room you go. Yeah, when I went to Bogota, Colombia, I knew to give enough, but not to give too much because I was afraid that they would think the same thing. It's just like, how much is too much? How much is too little? It just depends on the situation. Now... A number of emotional states can also make eye contact uncomfortable. Again, shyness, embarrassment, or guilt. So you don't want to, you know, throw that aside because guilt can be uh, an issue. 
So watch for nonverbal cues. If someone is returning your gaze and you're like in this flow of you look at them and then kind of look off and they look at you and you make eye contact and then they look off, it's like this dance that happens with your eyes. And so, oh my gosh, he is being ridiculous. So it's like this uh, synchrony that's occurring. And uh, so that means you're in a good state. You're giving enough eye contact. They're giving you eye contact. Things are good. Now, the thing is, though, that, um, oh, I lost my, my thing. Okay, so if they start looking down more and more, if they start shifting away from you, if they close, you know, their body language, so now they've got either something in front of them or their arms across, are across, across their chest or they're acting nervous or shy, if they begin to stumble on their words, you're giving them too much eye contact. So you need to back away. You need to, you know, have open body language and smiles and not look at them so much. Um, and then see if they'll adjust back to being comfortable. Uh, most people are very comfortable with two-thirds eye contact. And on top of that, that is um, the amount where people like you more. So you definitely don't want to just stare at them constantly. You do want to have eye contact and then look away. And then, you know, you're trying to recall her memory and all that stuff. Like you want to be able to uh, do those things to make it where it equals about two-thirds. Now, when you're in professional situations, your eye contact is here up. Um, when you start going down even to the mouth and especially the chest area, you're getting into friendly and then personal areas. So you don't want to stare at your client's mouth. You want to make sure that you're in this areas of the forehead, etc. In fact, this is what's called the power gaze. And so just be careful with that because I have found people do that and I'm immediately creeped out and I'm like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay. Now, research in Japan suggests that eye contact uses the same mental resources used for complex tasks, which require a lot of uh, mental capacity. So that's why some, including myself, when you're having a conversation and you have to really think and reason or troubleshoot something, you will look away and you may even scowl because you're thinking. If you're a scowler, if you start frowning because you're concentrating, you need to stop. Um, I don't do that anymore, or if I know I am, because I'm really focusing, I'll tell people I'm not mad, I'm just focusing, trying to figure out how to solve this problem. Uh, sometimes I will like stare at people, so they'll be talking to me and they're staring at me, and I'm immediately going through my file system, like my schedule, or a memory, and I'm trying to bring it forth, and that can be intimidating. And so if I, if I catch myself doing that, I will tell them, I'm so sorry that I'm staring at you. I'm trying to access some memory here, uh, whatever it is. So you want to start being aware of your eye contact and your facial expressions because even though you're not trying to send across a certain message, you might be. So a lot of times people will look away. So if your client does that when you ask them a question, they're probably accessing their memory or going into that reasoning and problem solving and they need to get break that eye contact. Now, this is especially important. Us entrepreneurs wear many hats, but there are some hats that we don't want to wear and we don't want to know how to wear. And that's where Fiverr comes in. Fiverr puts a whole world of freelance talent at your fingertips for all kinds of things that we need done, like logo design, writing and translation, digital marketing, video and animation, music and audio, programming and tech, web design, and more. 
They even have lifestyle freelancers to help you with personal style, relationship coaching, health and fitness, and so much more. I recently used them to type the transcript of a video for me and was amazed at how fast and professional my freelancer was. You'll find high quality services at every price point. There's no hourly rates, just project-based pricing, and your payments are protected. Go to SherryLovesFiverr.com and get started. That's Sherry with an I and Fiverr with two R's. For SC personalities, because it's important for you to say the right thing the right way. And so you will tend to look away just to say the right words in a conversation where people are like, what are you doing? What are we looking at? I mean, I've literally done that. Like I'm looking at what they're looking and then I look back and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about what I want to say next. And it's like, oh, okay. So just know that some personalities will be more prone to looking away. So don't think they're being shifty. So, you know, just naturally, they might just be really, really um, thinking hard. Okay, this is um, something I see, especially extroverts do. So if you're an extrovert, please stop doing this. Or people that get bored with chit chat, they'll look over a person or around a person when they're talking. And the message you're sending every single time is that that person is not important enough to stay focused on them. So even though you don't want eye contact the whole time, you definitely don't want to be looking beyond them or over their head when they're communicating. You want to maintain appropriate eye contact, shake your head, have, you know, all of those interactions and smiles to encourage the conversation. If you need to go or if you see someone that you need to meet and they're leaving, you can say, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I need to have a quick word with that person before they leave. I'll be right back. Now, They may still feel unimportant. You can't help that. But handle your business. Go back. I'm so sorry. You were saying this. So you want to remember where they left off so that you can trigger them to get started again. Uh, Also, um, I found this very interesting. Newborns will pay more attention to faces when direct gazing. Uh, So in other words, they will pay more attention to your face when you're looking at theirs than they will if you're looking off. Then they'll get distracted and look off. So if newborns know that you're not paying attention to them, how much more will adults know? So this is very important. Um, So no more staring off, you know, uh, in the distance, like what was her name in Gone with the Wind, Scarlett O'Hara or something, and she's staring off in the distance for her loved one to come back. Yeah, don't do that when you're talking to people. Right here. Okay. All right. What if I'm not good at eye contact? And this is the crux of it. I have good news and I have bad news for you. The cerebellum part of the brain is what controls your eye contact, your ability to hone in on an object, which was very important for us back in the days where we had to hunt for our food more than we do now. And so the phrase, if looks could kill, was very literal because you literally had to be able to hone in on your prey and track it with your eyes so that you could get a good target and then you'd be able to eat that night and probably the next several days. So now it's more of keep your eyes on the ball. So we use it on, you know, like sports things, you know, keep your eye on the ball, keep your eye on the ball. So that's where we get most of that practice of honing in our visual abilities. But the reality is that, and here's the bad news for you introverts, because I'm going to leave you with no excuse. The, The ability to focus your gaze is voluntary and gets better with practice. 
So you can't say, well, I'm just not good at it or, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not wired that way. Actually, you are. You're literally wired to keep your eye focused on an object. Um, now, with social media culture, etc., most people are on their phones or watching TV. What's happened is um, we lack that movement that is needed to be able to hone in and focus. And so now it is harder for people to keep eye contact because they're not used to having to track or focus in on an actual person. But again, focusing your gaze, especially on people when you're interacting with them, is voluntary. You get better with practice. Now, there are those that have neurological disorders, and but what they have found is that even those with neurological disorders are able to improve their eye contact and focus the more they practice because the brain it has a plasticity. It's able to regenerate new areas of nerve growth. So you're going to have to practice eye contact. You will get better at it, I promise now I can give good eye contact pretty much all of the time, but sometimes I do get in those awkward situations like at the store where you've already said hi to someone, then you go the next aisle and there they are. Oh no, do I give eye contact or not? You know, that whole nine yards. And if you're wondering what to do, this is what you do. Let me tell you, just go to the other side of the store. No, just kidding. So what you do is you obviously will say hi, you know, the first aisle. And then if you see them on the next aisle, you'll smile, nod your head and keep going. You don't have to, you know, oh no, there they are again. You know, you don't have to do any of that stuff. I will tell you in the past, I literally went to the other side of the store because I did not want to keep bumping into people once I bumped into them because it's just weird. But now I smile again and I may make a comment like, uh-oh, are we going to do this each aisle? And they'll laugh. Oh, I hope it's not. You know, it's so weird. Oh, it's weird. You know, blah, blah. Okay. So you get better with practice. And um, now, again, when you're practicing or when you're looking at people, don't become so self-conscious of your eye contact because then you're going to be staring at them too hard. It's going to go over the two-thirds, which is appropriate for the conversation, and then you're going to shift into the creepy, awkward factor. So, yeah, practice, but don't, I'm practicing eye contact and get all focused and you're concentrating and stuff to where it's weird. Okay, so... The lack of movement or keeping our eye on the bar focusing, you know that when you're not looking at something, you lose concentration. It's the same thing with conversation. But what's interesting is all of the social media, cell phone, computer usage is causing the cerebe cerebellum part, which again is in control of the eye movement, to atrophy and it's impairing its function. So we're getting to a state where a lot, especially the younger generation, they're having a rough time making eye contact because that part of their brain is not being developed. So the next time you're like, those youth, they can't even look you in the eye anymore. It, they're actually not being trained to do it. I mean, that's part of growing up as a child is learning that. And unfortunately, we're losing it and hopefully people will wise up. Uh, there's a lot of evidence out there that face-to-face -face human connections tied to happiness, well-being, and living longer. And I personally believe that the lack of eye contact is one of the reasons we're having a higher suicide rate, not to mention just society in general. But we've got generations that lived through World War II, World War I, where they thought the world was literally coming to an end. I remember my grandfather was uh, alive in that time, and he said we literally thought the world was coming to an end. I mean, you had Hitler, you had Mussolini, Mussolini you had Stalin. Then you had nuclear um, warheads being developed. I mean, they literally thought it was coming to an end. and um, But they were not at the suicide level that we are today. And I mean, if you go to a restaurant, this is so annoying to me. 
you go to a restaurant, and it's one thing to check your messages real quick after a meeting and then you set it aside, but literally you see people sitting at the table at a restaurant, every one of them on their phones with their kids sitting there bored to tears. In fact, a lot of adolescents hate cell phones. They don't want a cell phone because they've watched their parents and they've grown up around their parents being on their cell phone all the time and they don't feel connected. So if you wonder why youth have a rough time sometimes articulating themselves, making eye contact, uh, and really engaging, that's part of the reason. And uh, so they're literally, they've grown up in a society that doesn't do that anymore. So anyway, um, I don't have any uh, blog posts to really, you know, uh, compliment this because I, I just really wanted to get into the uh, eye contact thing um, today. I do have one called The Science of Likeability, and I talk a little bit about that. So that's at the blog. Uh, I do believe my webinar replay is either down or it goes down today. I need to check that this morning. Um, but if you were not able to watch the webinar and it may still be up, uh, you can uh, head over to the website. Um, I think it's webinar-replay is the uh, the link after sherryannwilson.com. Um, actually, you can go to bit.ly bit forward slash like underscore a underscore uh, boss underscore 2019. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, um, I hope this helps you. And just a little side note for those of you that are married and for maybe those of you that are looking to be married, science has shown that you can fall in love with a person in as little as 20 minutes by prolonged gazing and sharing of deep personal information. So if you're married and you want to improve intimacy with your spouse, you can do that. If you want to protect yourself from you know, liking anybody out in the workplace, do not share personal information or have prolonged eye contact. And if you want to hook that guy and you think that that might be where it's going, I guess you could use that. It might be a little bit manipulative. I know I've done some tests where it's like, how long can you do eye contact in my training? And I am literally 15 seconds. After 15 seconds, I'm like, ah, can't handle it. Stop, 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 stop. And I think part of it is my personality. It's greatest fear is being taken advantage of. And so if people are looking at me, I'm like, I don't want them to take advantage of me. And can they do that by staring at me? So some people can only stand five seconds. One lady, I think she could have literally stared all day long into someone else's eyes. So anyway, if you have a rough time doing this, watch the rest of the training. If you miss the first part, start practicing. You'll get a lot better. Uh, we have used a gazing technique in our marriage training seminars. Very, very interesting. I'm curious, Adelina, how long could most people, like what was the average amount of time most people could um, stare at each other? And also, if I'm not mistaken, you might know this, I think the bonding hormone oxytocin, which us introverts have more of than any other, I think it's also released during prolonged st uh, staring. So it's a really good idea for those that want to keep their marriage alive. So... Uh, do you have an average before we get off, Adelina, of um, the eye contact? Do you uh, time it? I would be very curious. I, uh, you know, I had an experience where I met um, a relative's boss. Really liked the guy. Thought he was awesome. I'm very impressed with his emotional intelligence and how he manages, you know, staff, etc. But when I met him, he was extremely uncomfortable with me, and he wouldn't make very much eye contact. Um, he was stumbling over his words. He was just having a rough time. And I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? And, um, and so 
not long after that, uh, less than a year, uh, he was fired. And they don't know all the details, but there were definitely some shady things going on. So I did note that and wondered what's up with that, um, but I didn't make any assumptions. And then sure enough, um, he was a little bit shady. Yes, oxytocin, <laughs> an introvert's favorite hormone. <laughs> it's like dopamine, go away. Oxytocin, woo. All right, guys. Well, I need to go, and so I hope this training helped you. And I'm there might be a, a schedule change um, where I can do some more in-depth training on Fridays. I'm going to try to get that worked out because I want to teach you guys how to make videos. You business owners make videos with closed captioning. So um, hopefully I'll be able to get that scheduled soon. If not, I may have to do an evening one because I really want to do that. So have a great day, and I will see you next week, if not sooner. You have a ton of stuff to do as a business owner, and sometimes it can be hard to know where to focus, to know how to take your business to the next level. I've developed an assessment that will help you do just that, the You Are Here Success Map. This simple, quick assessment reveals any hidden areas of danger so you don't end up a statistic. It's based on nine parts the successful businesses possess, and it will reveal your current condition as a starting point to help you map out a plan to strengthen your chances of success. And don't think success necessarily equals success. Sometimes an overnight has sunk a business. Anyone hear of Kate Middleton in her dress? So take this assessment and map out your plan. Go to sherryannwilson.com forward slash discover dash hidden dash week dash biz dash areas. And yes, I realize how ridiculous that URL is and I will be fixing that soon. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph?